Hey, welkom bij Metal Health. Vandaag zijn Dimitri en ik backstage in de Melkweg in Amsterdam. En hier gaan we spreken met een bijzondere gast die met name zijn strepen heeft verdiend in de legendarische band Battery en een producercarrière heeft om je vingers bij af te likken. Met zijn nieuwe band Be Well toert hij op dit moment door Europa en vandaag spreken wij voorman Brian McTurnan over mental health in de muziekindustrie. Brian, welcome to the show. Hey guys. How is it going? Great, thanks for having me. Yes, thanks uh, for uh, for making some uh, make, making some time for uh, for us. The last time that you were in the Netherlands is probably a good while ago in 2017, yeah. as I uh, remember. Yeah, we played in Battery played in Eindhoven in 2017, and before that, the last time I was here was actually either 1998 or 1999 at. The Melkweg, where we are, where we are now today. So this is really cool to be back so, here. Yeah, that's and that's so nice. And and also you're in really good company as well with bands as Boys That's Fire, uh, Samayim, uh, uh, Hot Water Music. It's, it's a, a great package. It's a dream. It really is. They're just literally some of the best bands to ever exist, and just incredible people. So it's it's so nice. Yeah. And also nice to probably finally be able to uh, to yes. go on tour because yes. the last tour of Be Well was actually you were supposed to be here nearly a year ago. Unfortunately, that one got canceled for obvious reasons. Yes. And now you're finally here. Yeah, actually. And there were several trips that we had planned that were never announced that were canceled ah, as well. Okay. So it's um, it's so nice for me. I and mean, so much of my um, my life was, I mean, I came over here with Battery when I was 17 And we toured here a lot and made a lot of lifelong friends. So it's it's a huge part of who I am is the European hardcore scene. If it's really special for me. So to be back is incredible. Nice. That's so good to hear. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I approached you to, uh, to, to actually to, to ask you to uh, to attend this uh, to, uh, this podcast uh, where we are actually talking about mental health in the music industry. And what I, well, maybe not necessarily uh, uh, expected, but like your reaction was i'd love to do that yeah. and and was that was that because of the topic or was it just like well i'm in the netherlands i can do an interview that's that's cool in itself it's all, it's all of it i mean i love meeting people i mean the thing is the thing i love about this is these moments you know it's the show is a huge part of it but it's the people you meet and the experiences and i took a picture of our setup and i'll have this in a little scrapbook and nice i just love it yeah and talking about mental health is a huge part of the band So it's a really good fit in a, in a lot of ways. Exactly, and it, it, it's a fit for for the band, and it's also becoming, or it is like people are kind of like how we approach it, looking into the topic. People are starting to opening up a bit about yeah. it, and the, the, the taboo seems a bit like, well, I wouldn't say it's gone, but like it's getting talked about more. Is that like an assumption that's correct, or oh, what's yeah. your view on that? Yeah, it's amazing, and it makes me really happy because when I was younger, it was. I lived my whole life with a lot of shame about mental illness and, you know, and especially for me because I, I, um, I mean, I still do in some ways because I feel it's a weird thing to be, to have depression when everything seemingly has broken my way in life. You know, I've been more successful than I ever dreamed of. I've toured the world. I've married my high school sweetheart. I have a wonderful daughter. I have friends that love me. And somehow I've very much struggled to feel good about myself. So I, um, it's been hard for me. It's even hard for me to still talk about, it. even though it's not taboo. I feel embarrassed because I feel like I shouldn't be depressed. <laughs> you know exactly. And and it, it, it's exactly like you're saying. Like as an outsider, just looking at at your 
career, like being in amazing bands such as Ashes and and Betrayal, but like I like I mentioned, and also the list of the bands that you produce is just it goes on and on and on. Um, like from an outside perspective, like what is it that that you can still be depressed about? Like, and then looking into what you're creating with Be Well and like uh, from a lyrical uh, point, it, it it almost sounds surprising, but like there's so much behind it or something that we I mean, don't know. Of. In some ways, when when I was younger, it was easier because my home life was very fucked up and, you know, and, um, I was, you know, I was angry. I was getting in trouble. I was a fuck up. And, and, and so it made sense, you know, that I didn't feel good about myself. And then one of the scariest feelings is the world in the world is to accomplish more than you dreamed you could accomplish and still feel bad. Because then where do you go from there? I mean, it's really, really hard. And as a producer, I think one of the ways I got myself into a lot of problems is <clears throat> I started recording bands when I was so young. I was 18 when I recorded Converge and Texas is the Reason and all, you know, all these incredible Caven and Pieball, all these bands. And I was so young, I felt like I really needed to have my shit together in front of people, you know, and I needed to, you know, as the producer, yeah, you're kind of the captain of the ship. If you're falling apart, the whole thing's falling apart. You need everybody to trust you. And I was very young and people were, you know, I'm recorded 108 when I was 19 and they're much older. And I looked up to them. I, I didn't want to show weakness at all. And then that snowballs over time where the way everybody in my life suddenly knew me is this strong, guy in charge of things who does all this great stuff but inside what i felt like was a phony and terrified and 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 even sometimes i mean even now it's like you know the records will come out and people will be, oh brian did this brian did that and i feel a little embarrassed like i feel not worthy of i don't know i mean it's just a weird thing where the storyline in my head is so not in keeping with what is actually happening. And one thing that has really been really good about, um, honestly, doing podcasts and talking about my life and my career is it's, I've been able to finally look at the cumulative effect, the list of what I've actually done and how I've contributed to other people's lives through the records I've helped made. And I'm, able to say, finally, I had to play some role in, you know, I, I I can see it for the first time that like, I have spent my life doing something meaningful to me, meaningful to bands and meaningful to people that love music. And um, I think that um, Be Well has helped with that in a lot of ways, because I, when I was producing records, I always felt a little bit like I'm hiding something about myself from the people I love and respect the most. And I stopped doing music for a long time and, and producing and doing anything. And I went and had like a regular job for a little while. And all of a sudden when I wasn't surrounded by all of this creativity and beauty that I was doing, a lot of the things that I had been sweeping under the rug for a long time really caught up with me. And I hadn't realized that um, I had never spent time alone. I was making records. I was touring. I was do uh, always doing something. And then all of a sudden I had this job 
where I was alone and I was driving from job site to job site by myself and all of these haunting feelings that I had been hiding and keeping under wraps I couldn't hide from anymore. And, and this I, was a job outside of the music outside industry. Outside of music. So in 2013, I got very burnt out. I wasn't happy. I was very burnt out with music and things were really changing. With The way I like to make records is a little bit more organic and less cut up and mechanical than a lot of people make records today. And I, the bands were getting younger and I felt like I was getting older and I felt like I'm, my heart wasn't in it and I felt it wasn't fair to the bands to be taking that responsibility on when I I didn't I wasn't fully on board anymore. So I um I decided to take a break and I took a job as a project manager for a construction company and then very soon after that I they made me the COO so I was like running this big You're making a career company and I was making money for the first time and everything that you know Kind of, you know, I drew, I grew up not poor, but not, you know, I never had money my whole life, even with the studio, even when everything was going perfect. What nobody knows is you're always buying this. This is breaking. This is canceled. You're, it's, you're always, you know, robbing Peter to pay Paul. So no matter what was happening, I never really was super financially stable. And then finally I was. And the, all these things that I, I, you know, I had this great job. I was successful in something that, you know, regular people could see and appreciate, but I just felt worse and worse. And, and then, um, it was, it, it was 2017 and battery. I had been, I'd been asked to do battery to, to, to do it again all the time over the years. And, um, finally the, the sound of revolution show yeah. came up and, um, in Eindhoven. In Eindhoven. And um, I just needed something. I, I wasn't, I was, and I just kind of said, yes, let's, let's do it. As in like probably a one-off. Yeah. It was kind of like, you know what? That sounds fun. Like, and, and um, so then, then that spiraled into, well, let's play a show in DC and let's do this. And, and I, I just kept saying, I was very unlike me, but I was like, Hey, fuck it. Why not? Because when I was producing records, it was just not, I, I just didn't see myself as a band person anymore. And I, and the funniest thing about it is so many of the bands I recorded, they never saw me play live. So now this whole be well thing is so wild to them. But, um, I said yes to these things. And then out of the blue one morning and I hadn't keep in mind, I battery stopped in 1999 or 1998. And I just started producing. I hadn't written my own music. I hadn't written my own lyrics. I hadn't done any of that for, eight seven 18 years at that point and one morning i got an email from ken olden the guitar player from battery and he sent a song a new song and i literally just listened to it and i was so filled with emotion i just sat down and wrote the 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 lyrics to this song and it was so cathartic and what i was saying was so i mean i was kind of like wow like this is, this is what I'm, I feel like I, I have so much to say that I don't know how to say otherwise. So and, and it just like came out or something. Yeah. So, so, so battery did a new song and it was, you know, it was 
it was really, I mean, it was, I just realized like, this is, this is, this is something I'm really missing in my life. And also just little things like having a reason to be in touch with people, like talking to the artists and talking to the booking agent, reconnecting with the guys in the band. Like I, I was just like in work my shit, this job that pays me well, that makes me miserable, come home and drink. So I don't feel the things that I'm trying to not feel. That was my life. Right. And all of a sudden I was back into this thing where there was something to look forward to on the horizon. And I'm reconnecting with all these people that I miss so much. And we, I remember sitting on the, the plane coming home from that Eindhoven trip thinking like, I don't want to stop doing this again. Like I need, I need to do this. So I literally came home from that European trip and I just started writing and I said to myself, I'm going to write something every day. And, um, started writing lyrics, I started writing songs, I started writing all this stuff. And initially, we talked about it being another Battery album. That was just kind of what made sense yeah. in a lot of ways. And then, I mean, it was a blessing in a curse in a way, because Ken Olden, the guitar player in Battery, he had always written all the music in Battery. And he was not, he felt like what I was writing didn't fit battery and he wasn't interested and then i had to kind of look at myself and say what am i doing this for am i doing this because i want to be like i felt like if it was battery it was easy and big you know already starting a new band in your 40s is tough, tough. <laughs> i don't know of many times it's ever worked there's no like i don't know can you think this there's, I no, I, I I would just say like re, re, reunion shows with like bands that like that already have like some sort right, of some, some, some right like what we did with ba base. with battery, but be well felt like, and then I just had to say to myself, am I doing this because I want to play these huge shows where everybody buys T-shirts, or am I doing this because I need this connection, I need this outlet to express myself. And I just kind of threw caution to the wind and said, okay, if you don't like it, I do. And I don't really care if we, it never becomes anything because it's not why I'm doing this. So I just kept writing and writing. And really the thing that was incredible about it is that, you know, the thing that's hard with art and music is when you're writing it, it just feels like, sometimes it just feels like words on paper, but then I started looking at all of it together and I really said to myself, Oh my God, I'm not in an, I'm not okay right now. Like I looking the, the, the things that are coming up over and over are the same. And right. I am telling myself something about where I am right now. And, um, I, my wife and I talked a lot about, how I was feeling, what I was doing with my life. And um, she's amazing. We've been together since high school. You know, we'd started dating right before I came over here for the first time in 1994. So a long time ago. And she said, you just need to quit the job and you need to do music. I guess your wife knows you uh, maybe even better than yourself. <laughs> and then, so I did. And um, I quit. I quit my job. They were not cool <laughs> about okay. it. And um, I started... I started making music again and I mean it was the best decision I've ever made in my life because I don't want to say I it's it, I never ever thought of 
I've never thought of myself as suicidal. Like I've, I did, that's not like the way that I see myself. I didn't like think of actively taking my life or anything like that, but I didn't want to be alive. I would not have been like, I didn't go to the doctor for 10, 20 years, mm -hmm. didn't take care of myself in any way. And I used to just think maybe it would just be easier if I got sick, you know, like and in a weird way. I don't know. And then some ways that makes me even sadder. It's like, it's like, it's just such a slow pain. It wasn't never sharp enough to like, make me do anything about it in any one direction, you know, even like want to end it abruptly or take care of it in any way. It was just this lingering weight that was slowly crushing me. And I also felt like there was this huge part of myself that I had been so ashamed of for so long. And I felt like all these people I loved so much and all these people that loved me so much didn't know me. And I always had this kind of sick feeling like if they knew this about me, would they still love me? You know, would all these amazing bands still want to work with me? If they knew that inside, I'm not this fearless leader, I'm this person that drives down the street and sometimes just starts crying, you know, right, right. for no reason at all. And, and, um, that's a very, there's like a loneliness that accompanies that, that I just, I just couldn't, I couldn't live with anymore. And, um, and we put this record out. I decided to, we're writing these songs, getting all this encouragement from all these people. But I also had people in my life that said, this record's so depressing. Are you sure you want to put this out? Are you, you know, your daughter's going to read these lyrics. And I started to feel all of this like pushback I got, like Ken not liking the songs, other people telling me I shouldn't do it. It was good because I had to say to myself, why am I doing this? Like what, like, uh, and ultimately what I decided is I would, even my daughter reads this, I want her to read it because I want her to know who I am. And I'm tired of being ashamed of who I am. And if my friends and my clients and whoever <laughs> read, you know, read this and they think less of me, then, then. That I, I just have to live, I can't live this way anymore. It's not. And, and so kind of, even though, and then my other fear was that people would find the record depressing where for me, it actually was this really hopeful, like saying things that you're have been buried deep inside for so, it's so cathartic and beautiful in some ways. And but what I didn't want is it to make people feel worse. I was hoping that the feeling would be, you know, these are like, for me, I remember when I was a kid listening to records and it was what drew me so much to especially hardcore and punk is that um, the, I was reading things that were the words that I couldn't find for myself and, and and I, I, not that I, I didn't know what it would be for people, but I just felt like, I feel like you don't need to, to have suffered the exact same mental illness or whatever to be able to find aspects of the words that you can connect with. And then the best thing that came of the record is that all of a sudden came out, I remember like 
confessional was the one I was kind of most worried about. And that came out and the response was just so beautiful and touching. And everybody saw it as a positive. And it's like, it, it, it was like, so many people have said to me, like, I have felt this way for so long. It's so nice to know that I'm not alone. And it's like, and I don't know, in some ways, it's like, I feel like my daughter see, knows me better. I feel like I don't, for the first time in my life, I feel like I'm not a fraud. And it's that even saying that makes it so dramatic, because really, the things I was most afraid of, like all my band friends were like, fuck, of course I knew. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but you like, know. It, like even just like thinking yourself of being a fraud because like you, I don't know if it's tucking away or it's it's hiding, it's hiding a part of you like from the outside world. And obviously you, you, you couldn't clearly uh, do that completely uh, yeah. with your friends knowing it. Yeah. But like, is that, is I mean, like you were so young when going in battery, uh, being the singer of that band, even going on tour, and you just mentioned that the first record you produced, you were 18, 19 years old. Yeah. And like we are already like that back then, like like struggling or like or I was yeah I how was did, how did you cope with that with also the pressure of being in maybe in that band or was there pressure well so it was kind of in phases like up until about up until battery bat when when I when we did started doing bad when we came over here and I dropped out of high school that was a turning point in terms of up until then I was getting in a lot of trouble I was hanging out with some you know, doing graffiti and getting in fights and shoplifting and get, I got kicked out of school several mm -hmm. times and kind of was dealing with what I now know was depression and anxiety by lashing out. Right. And then I had a, um, and it's kind of funny because you can, you can kind of see if you look, <laughs> if I look at the battery catalog, I can like, like look at only the diehard remain. Like I'm definitely angrier. Um, <laughs> furious and then until the end i was in a much better place i was starting to produce records i was start, i was feeling good you know i was feeling that was probably around the time that battery made until the end that was when the studio was really starting to take off and battery was doing well i was in a band called milltown that was doing well and i was feeling pretty good that was a good like probably the most stable point in my life now I'm doing, I feel like I'm doing pretty well too. But, um, and it's interesting because if you look at the lyrics on until the end, they're not nearly as personal in some ways. It's more about like what's happening around me um, and my perspective on the things around me. And then I, by the time we were doing the next battery record, whatever it takes, I was, I was in kind of a bit of a depression and you, you feel like you can see it again. So it's, it's interesting because it makes me feel good that I was being authentic. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I can imagine. So, yeah. the, the, <clears throat> so the, the thing that we are wondering, and it's also something that why we decided to, to set this up is like we were in bands, not like where we're playing a lot, but like we do have an experience of like creating something that wasn't there before you created it. Yeah. Uh, just like we're setting up this podcast, for instance. Right. But, um, um, uh, but at some point, like, so making music should be like an energetic thing, like a very positive thing. But at some point, well, we didn't find it, out, find it out personally, but like then at some point, I can imagine you find yourself being, let's say, successful or being discovered. And then suddenly making music is 
basically your career and that could come with like pressure from the outside like then you have to maybe go on tour or you have to create uh, you're pushed in making songs or records is that something that that you can relate to or is that yeah i mean so i i it's it's i see it a lot with bands i work with in the studio where and i think that it is also why often bands earlier records are better I mean, not always, but there's like people call the sophomore slump. You know, that that second record is hard because it's not only becomes your job. I don't know if it's that is as much of a pressure nearly as all of a sudden you have all these opinions about what's good and bad about your band. So it's like, do you just keep writing the way you've always written, which is what you should do? Or do you play towards the things you think people like about your band? Or do you start trying to overcorrect for the things that you hear that people don't like about your band? And it can really color the your process. So one thing I always I um I, I I do and I always encourage bands to do is I write songs because I love writing songs. I don't write them for the record. I don't write them because, you know, I try and do something creative every day. So I'll write lyrics, I'll pick up the guitar and play and just record riffs or, and if I don't don't have any ideas for that, then I'll kind of scroll back and go through the ideas I have. And if, if I'm not trying to think about the record, I feel like I just come up with better. If I'm, I feel like it's your creativity is almost like a muscle that needs to be kind of nourished and exercised. And if once I, if I keep going, it's like jogging, like if you don't do it for, you know, a year and then you go back, it's like, oh my God. But if you just do it every day, it's like you get better at it. And I have catalogs of songs. And so one thing that is like nice for me is I don't feel any pressure to like, if, if we want to do another Be Well record, we, we can. Mm-hmm. And if we don't, then we don't. And the, the songs, so much of the songs were, are written and I just try and block out the, the, things because I, I we're not trying to get popular I, mean, I want people to love the band I, I love that i love that people care about it and but you know if we were trying to be some big you know huge band we would be singing about different things and we would sound different, exactly so, so so you're making the the the, the, the songs or the, the yeah the songs that you're that you're making um uh, obviously there is a fan base people love it um um uh, as well we'll see you up front tonight uh, during uh, during the show yeah um <laughs> definitely um but like then again like you're not doing it for the money or you're not doing it for like li- uh, listening uh, according to others uh, uh opinion for uh, opinions from others but then again like you are going you're going on tour so you're 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 well, I, I can just only imagine like being away from your family for yeah. for for a good time. Does that weigh up? Um, it, like, is is that? Are there so many more upsides to touring than like the downsides? Yeah, I think so. I mean, this this tour particularly is hard because my mom has cancer and may pass away while I'm here. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, and that has been that's been. It's it, you know it's a weird thing because we. Um, I wasn't sure I wanted to come. I mean, it's, and even now it's, you know, on every, you ask me in an hour, I might feel like I need to go home, you know? But, um, the one thing is, is, um, it, 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 my mom, I feel like 
the reason I'm here is because of her. You know, she, we, we, she took me, you know, my dad didn't ever like her to spend money. So she would like squirrel away money and to buy my first guitar or take me to get my four track or every band in the world stayed at our house. And, you know, when I'm like, I have this opportunity to go to Europe when I'm 17, like go, I have to drop out of school to do it. Go do it. You know, like I'm going to move to Boston, go do it. Like the, just, she supported this for so long. And, and, you know, and, and I said to her, I'm, 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 I'm worried about being away. And she said to me, why? Because I might die when you're gone. And I said, yeah. And she said, well, you'll be with your friends doing the thing you love. That's amazing to hear. And so it's, um, it's, it's, it is amazing, but yeah, it's hard to be away from my wife and daughter, but the, the, the way that we tour, it's, it's not, it, we're never going to be like 10 months on the road. So there's something that's like, I love that my daughter gets to see me do this. And I, it's funny actually, because on the 2017 time that battery came over, I thought it would be the last time I ever played music. So I bought my wife, daughter, and my mother-in-law a plane ticket to see us in Leipzig because I wanted, this sounds like very, the weird thing, but my, when my wife and I met, I was a fuck up and I was dropping out of high school, but she, she went to Harvard and was, is a PhD psychologist and her family had, you know, her dad was the deputy director of the International Monetary Fund. And, you know, we, we had like, <laughs> different lives and her parents. I mean, a lot of parents would not have been cool with her being with me. And and so I really wanted her, her mom to see what it is that I was always away doing. Was that the first time that she, she had never she... seen, seen us. Oh, wow. So she came over and got to see battery play in Leipzig at Coney Island with sold out everybody singing along. And it was really incredible like but what was what yeah that's maybe what that's what you think but like what did she, she think loved about it? it oh she, she loved it and it was so <laughs> and and it was not only the show that she loved but um my friend sven that runs unity worldwide records who um you know we've known since the first battery tour he insisted on picking them up at the train and having them stay with him and he picked them up and got to their house and he had made this huge meal, his family. And, and she would, she got to, she got to see the thing yeah. that is so special about this community, yeah. especially over here. I mean, I think the one thing that's really amazing about the European hardcore scene is how many people are still involved. And I tell bands all the time, Europeans are loyal they're not as finicky even if they don't love your record they'll tell you but they still come to the show and give the next record a shot where a right. lot of us fans they don't like this record okay they move on and over here they'll come up and say the new record's not so good <laughs> but i love the band yeah <laughs> and i love that about but anyway the the thing is the touring um the touring I love and I love to travel and I love, I love, um, in, I, there are aspects of social media. I don't like, you know, the, everybody's life is curated. So you can feel very much like, gosh, everybody's so much happier and richer and cool than I am, you know, but 
I've met some amazing people and, and I try and always write everybody back and I've met some like really good friends, you know, like it, that's one of my favorite things about having done the band is the people I've met. So it's been really nice to travel and meet people. And there are times uh, we did, um, we did a tour with newfound glory and four years strong at home. And it was a really good tour, but those bands are fun. And what we do is a little heavier. And at times I felt like in a fishbowl talking about what I talk about and singing in this environment where everybody is just there for a party kind of. So that was a little, that was a, a, it was hard in a way I hadn't experienced before because I felt like at hardcore shows, there's so many different things that bands talk about. And, but, but with the newfound glory, it was, it was a great tour and people were amazing, but they were just there for the party kind of, oh, of yeah. it. And um, I felt like that's I, what I, I, I would in a perfect world, a be well show to me would be like a hundred, 150 people in a sweaty little room. Exactly, and yeah. I want to be able to like, feel the emotion of crowd and, and we haven't been able to do that yet here oh anywhere because it's we're in a weird place where we don't we don't know the young bands and i'm not quite sure that like playing with 18 20 year olds is like the right fit for us always and then the bands that we do know that are older are really successful. Right. And so the bands, the tours that we keep going on are these big tours, which is amazing, but I can't wait. We're going to come back here in March and, and headline small places. And I'm really looking forward to yeah, that. That's, that sounds amazing. And, but like the people that you met that you meet on tour now. So to, um, like, I can like Demetrius and myself. Like we're in our forties as well. We know Battery, and we were, in, uh, we still are yep. in the hardcore, hardcore scene, still going strong. Yes. Uh, and then like you turn up with your with your new bands, and we give them a listen. We love it, and then we we start uh, coming to shows as well. How is that for other people? Do you see uh, like is, is there like just like thirty, forty, fifty plus people coming to your shows it, it, because they're still in it? Yeah. Yeah, it's that, great. Well, yeah, that's amazing. It's great. Yeah, they, it's interesting in the U.S. It's, 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 I don't know if it's, it's that many battery fans per se. I mean, I, I, I don't really know it's, but the, the people that seem to connect with the band are older and, and it's great too, because I, I'm happy because of the way kind of people sing along and move when we play is, is really like, it's not violent at all. Mm -hmm. Some of the younger hardcore bands, I'm like, I watch these videos and it's just the way people dance and I just don't want to have anything to do. I mean, I'm not going to, I used to get mad when Ian McKay would say, don't stage dive, don't mosh, whatever. <laughs> but So I don't want to be that and people should do what they want. But I'm glad that there's no like crowd killing right. <laughs> at people shows. But it also means like the people that are there and they have been in the hardcore scene for, for a long time and also... Uh, come across like uh, way different topics than what you're singing about. Yeah. Um. Uh, do, like, what's the feedback that you get? Like, um, because like, um, uh, looking back at at like like oh, old band or old bands like uh, known bands, but like it, maybe it is violence or it is about like religion or it's about politics and it's like I'm angry. Yeah. And and what you're doing is not I'm angry, but like I'm I'm opening up and I can imagine. 
um, only imagine that that works for this crowd as well because they, like you said before, like do they recognize themselves in, in what you do now? Yeah. And, and are they proud of like there's someone actually opening up in the hardcore scene? Yeah, I think I get a lot of feedback about like the parental kind of element to some of what I sing. Like I think that people, I mean, I think that it's so funny because there's so many things about life that like it's kind of taboo to say being a parent is hard. <laughs> you know what I mean? It feels like you're betraying your child, <laughs> like you don't love your kid, but it is hard. It's hard to be like it, you know, I, it, you, you end up, you end up, I mean, you are, with everything you give up a little bit of yourself, but it's, it's like your life can quickly become all of these things that are not completely who you are. And, and you're responsible for this other person while you're still trying to deal with, your own things and you're kind of like wanting to make the right decisions and not wanting your kids to grow up having the same problems you had. And it's just a lot, it's a lot of pressure. You don't want to fuck up, but then you feel like you're fucking yeah, up. Yeah. And, and, um, I, it's, yeah, I, I guess getting back to what you were saying is that the things people have like shared with me about what the record means to them is, touching in a way that I can't describe, you know, and not, not just because I'm like, Oh, I created this and people like it. Like, that's cool. I mean, you know, but, but really what it is, is I feel first of all seen in a way that I never felt seen before. I feel loved in a way that I never felt loved before. And I just don't feel alone. You know, I feel like, this stuff that I carried around thinking was unique to me that made me some sort of like leper is something that so many people I love and respect also feel about themselves. And so maybe these things are just thoughts and they're not real, you know, like maybe I'm not, maybe I just feel bad because you know, my brain is not completely right. And that I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna exit, I'm gonna take a walk, I'm gonna drink some water, I'm gonna call a friend, you know, and I think all my brother, um, my brother would, it's so funny, because how, you know, through music and podcasts and things, you like, hear things about that you may never have known about the people around you. And I was listening to my brother on Toby Morris's podcast. And he was saying like, when he feels really bad, he'll just, he started just sending people like heart texts just to connect. Right. And I think about all the times, like I got one of those from him. And so I've made a real effort to like, you know, like in, engage, like appreciate these things, like, like try. And if somebody writes me and says like, like this woman wrote me and said that, she brought the weight and the cost to her therapist because she had never been able to like describe what she was feeling about herself clearly and that the record did that for her. Wow. And I just felt like, you know, like in, in a, I felt like, like that alone, that one person would have made doing this worth it. Exactly. And then, and I feel like I'm, it's not in an egotistical way at all. I just feel I'm proud of myself for like 
not hiding anymore. And, and, and it's interesting, actually, I think sometimes about the Be Well, because I listen to music all the time. I record bands and people say a lot more extreme things than I say. Mm-hmm. I just think that the, the, the approach to Be Well, because it was not really written to be released in the way that it was, like I never really imagined it coming out. This, I think it's just much more direct and personal sometimes than other people approach things. Exactly, because that's something that I was wondering, like, um, it's nearly like what kept you so long in the sense that like, were you even able to think to release something like this in the 90s or something? Or does, does that come with living your life or something? Well, you know, I think that it, I, I was... It's the, 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 the records, the, the lyrics are just a very direct relation to like how I was feeling at the time in the nineties. I mean, I feel like I can hear a little bit, a lot of these themes were like developing in my head when, you know, on the, the early, um, not as much on until the end, because I was in a better place, but like, you know, on like, even in ashes, a lot of the lyrics, like, Harder and heart, you know, I feel like dying, <laughs> say in the fascist song. And 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 I think back then it was just words. I didn't like fully process that like there's this like subconscious, even if it feels like it's just a word that sounds good, like and like I said before, it's when you look at this like cumulative effect of it all that you start to see like, oh, this is something real. So I I, I definitely couldn't have done it back then. And honestly, to be like hundred percent honest. If, if I knew that it was going to come out, I don't know that I would, I would have been, I don't know that I would have had the like courage right. to say a lot of it. And then I think that, um, I think my older brother really, really, really supported all of this and encouraged me to do it. And I think like, I look up to him so much that kind of felt like if Mike thinks this is important and I should do this. I should do it, you know, yeah, just because yeah. he's kind of my hero and has always been like, I don't know. I mean, he, I, I don't know how he's so tuned in to like me emotionally, but um, like I'll give you an example. Time back to my mom, like I was walking in London and I was just feeling so guilty about not being home. My mom was having a really tough day and out of the blue, I got a text from my brother saying, you did the right thing by going on tour. This is what mom would have wanted. And it's like, how did he know that I'm walking down the street, like teary eyed, feeling awful, you know, having just canceled leads. It's like, can't even play the show because I lost my voice yeah. and I'm sitting alone on the bus instead of being at home with my mom. It's like somehow he, you know, knew how to just be my big brother. You yeah, know? exactly. So, so he was there, although he wasn't, uh, he wasn't he was there. there, although he wasn't there. That's yeah. Nice. So, yeah. So uh, during tour, you're now like obviously sharing um, the things that that are um, going on in your head with like this community as well, and uh, and also on the records. Um, and there was something actually that Dimitri uh, brought up. Like, how is it that that that, that you even have uh, sing-alongs in uh, uh, like in in the songs? It's yeah, look, something looking that at, yeah, looking at confessional or looking at in the shadows, for instance. Yeah. It, it, in the records, you really had kind of a sing-along part of it. Yeah, uh, we were like, okay, is it intentional to send out a message? But hearing you now talking, it's nothing is intentional. It's just your story getting out. Yeah, I don't think it wasn't intentional, and it's interesting actually because what people sing along to and be well 
are those parts. Yeah, yeah. It's not the, it's not like battery where it's like the, oh, like, you know, like, <laughs> I, it's like people wait for the, those sing-along parts. And I love it because so, especially when we, like in London, I was able to go down to the barrier and just sing along with people. And it's just beautiful. And the way people sing along, it's, it's, it's a funny thing. I, I think I touched on this earlier, but I, I think all the time that, <clears throat> I'd like we don't have a lot of fans. I mean, we're not a big band, right? But the way people love this band is so meaningful to me. The people that do, yeah. the way it connects with the people that it connects with is, it's 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 unlike anything I have experienced with Battery or Ashes or anything else I've been a part of. I mean, Battery was bigger than Be Well, but it was different. This is I've seen, I've seen so many Be Well tattoos. You know, like I. Like, it's amazing when it connects, how it connects. Like, it's, it's an emotional connection you create instead of, well, batteries with power, I guess. Yes, right. Yeah, yeah. it's more like in-depth feeling it, really. Yeah. So, that's beautiful. Yeah, and I think I think that, I mean, it's also a testament. I, I think one of the things that I love so much about music, and you asked, touched on this earlier, is with, like, with the podcast, with photography, is that, you know, how many people have the opportunity to create things that never get taken away. No. Well, a lot, uh, actually like a lot of people in the sense that it's, it, it, it takes guts doing it. On the other hand, you might come across things that will stop you doing it. Right. And stop you doing the things that you love. Yeah. Well, so for me, it's like, you know, just to, you know, get, get to do this and, and make these songs and connect with people and like, <laughs> Like the artists we've gotten to work with, like Simon, who's done a lot of the T-shirts or Tim, who did the illustration, like these incredible, these people that just inspire me so deeply to have them just like care, you know, care about my art in the way that I care about their art. It's just like, it's really beautiful. The other thing I love about like the punk and hardcore scene just in general is that they are so like it has been my whole life. Like it really is all I know in a lot of ways. And I think all the time about this be well record and how this community of people, I feel like I'm able to express things that I wouldn't be able to like sit across the table from my wife and say, but somehow in this community, I can get up on stage and express it or express it with lyrics or, is it, and, is it almost easier to sing about it than oh, to talk about it? It is, yes. Why do you it's, think that is? Just because music is so powerful. And it, it gives me, it's really the only thing that in my life that I can do confidently without thinking. Every Everything else in my life, I second guess myself. Like even if I'm going to make a Instagram post, I'll delete it. Oh, nobody cares about that. You know, like that. But music is the one thing I don't second guess myself with. I just, I put it out there and I trust myself with, and I think that you can't, I couldn't have been a producer if I didn't have that one quality, but it's the one place in my life where I, I don't 
I don't do that. But that's amazing. I mean, like that's 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 full circle. There's so many things that's that's that that were going on, or that, that, like about like being depressed, like you that, that you mentioned, and you just said like so. There's one thing that I really trust myself in, and that that's what uh, that that's what music is about, and that's where I feel comfortable and right with with all the the flaws that you and we all yeah. might have. Yeah. But that's um, that's uh, that's amazing too. Yeah, it's like my safe place, and it's why it's funny because. There was a lot of flack, you know, when we call ourselves a hardcore band, you know, it's like, well, I mean, and I always think it's funny because it's like, for me, hardcore is a community and it's, and and it's, I've spent, I mean, not to sound egotistical, but I feel like I've contributed enough to the hardcore scene that if I want to call my band a hardcore band, I'm going to fucking do it. (laughs) (laughs) But to me, hardcore is seven seconds and it's Madball and it's Turnstile and it's, you know, it's bitter and bitter every it, year. It's yeah. just, it, it is, it's not a sound. So it's like if in, anybody that, anybody that is like, oh, this isn't hardcore, like, I don't know. To me, hardcore is, was always a community. It was a big tent with, and it was underground. It was, it was, it was things, it was, it was, I loved you know, uniform choice. And I loved agnostic front and I loved far side. And I love like, then all, everybody, all of it to me was the same thing. And right. I, I feel lucky to have grown up in DC because you, it was a melting pot, not just of like culturally, but also musical inspiration. So it's like, I would go see gorilla biscuits and then I would see shudder to think. And, you know, it, it, the idea that there was a sound of hardcore never was a thing for me. And so be well, he's <laughs> like, be well, hardcore. These guys aren't hardcore. You know, it's like, <laughs> you're way you. too emotional for that. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I think, I think judge, I think that judge is one of my biggest lyrical inspirations. I think he's very vulnerable in his lyrics. And I think that, you know, it's, uh, it's, um, it's, it's in some ways, it's different than be well, but I mean, he's, that he's angry and that's heavy but but it's it's emotional i mean it's personal lyrics and i mean killing time i think has personal i mean i don't know i i just don't i never ever i never i think that when people say things like that they they're just from a different hardcore than i grew up in you know exactly so nice um unless you have something uh up your sleeve um, no. Then um, um, there were so many angles that you uh, that or that, that you touched upon, like uh, catharsis, uh, yeah. touring, opening up. Yeah. Um, uh, any words of advice to all of our listeners uh, out there uh, in regard to the topic of mental health in, in music industry, regardless if you're a fan or you're part of the community or you're an artist yourself? I would say the biggest mistake I made in life was hiding things about myself from the people. I loved. I think that you know you you if if you suffer from mental illness, you were born that way. It wasn't something you decided to do. And if the people in you know in your life can't see you and love you for that, find people. There are people that will. And I think that you know, I think a lot as a parent about my daughter and how I I think I think looking back at the kids I grew up with and how many of them that I now know had mental illness 
had an eating disorder, had been raped, were abused, and hid it from everyone in their life, even people that, you know, I mean, or continue to hide it now. And at some point that cycle has to stop. And I hope that like we can like raise our kids to feel that whoever they are is okay. Like whatever their sexuality is, what they've had something awful happen to them. They don't need to, they don't need to suffer silently. And I think that when you, you can take something that starts off as, you know, like with me, these kind of awful feelings. And, and because I didn't share them, I had this fertile breeding ground in my brain for them to grow. And then they grew and then they became corrosive and they started to kind of eat away at me. And the whole time I was surrounded by people that would have loved me and accepted that part of me. And I didn't give them the opportunity to. So I guess my hope for all of us is that we can find a way to be like, okay with ourselves and warts and all, <laughs> you know, because none of us are perfect. And, and I think that, you know, we live in a time of, you know, photoshopped this and curated social media profiles. And it's pretty easy to start to feel like, wow, everybody is happier than I am. It's really not that way, you know? And I think that this experience of be well and connecting with people has really opened my eyes to like how many people are struggling. And, and in some ways it makes me happy to, to know that because it's, it, it makes me feel less alone, but it also makes me sad that there's so many people that have spent so long feeling bad. So nice. Uh, well, not nice, but like, it's an amazing wrap up of uh, yeah. things you, that you were sharing during, yeah. uh, during, uh, well, this hour of, of talking together. Time, yes. time, time flies. Yeah. This just, awesome. just like one final question. Yeah. What's, what, what's, what's the, um, uh, what's the future for be well and, and, and for Brian? Um, I don't know what the future for be well is. I mean, it, it, I'm, I'm trying to not think about the future ever. I'm trying to enjoy the moments as they happen because I look back at like battery and ashes and producing when I was younger and everything was about the next thing. It was about getting to the next thing. And I don't care if there's a next thing. This is enough, you know, being here with you guys, being in Amsterdam, playing right. with these amazing bands, traveling with my friends that's enough. And if there's another record, there'll be another record. The songs exist for there to be many more records. And I will continue to write always. And I love my bandmates. They're just, I mean, it, they're like brothers. I mean, we're, it's just great. I just don't know. I mean, I know that our plan is to come here in March and And then we'll make another plan or we won't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know, you know. It's a, at, at least like, it's not, it, it might be short-term planning, but at least it's something uh, to look forward to, I guess. Yeah, I, there are things are, that are on the horizon and whether there's a record, I would imagine, but I don't know and I kind of don't care right now because... Very good. Yeah. Um, and also at this moment, we don't care either because we're all looking forward to the show yes. tonight here the, in the Melkweg. So it's amazing to be talking to you, Brian. Uh, thanks a lot for opening up uh, to us and provide, uh, provide us with insights from multiple angles. And of course, uh, for being on our mental health podcast. Have a great time tonight in Amsterdam 
and a great rest of the European tour. Thank you so much. This was great. Thank Thanks you very much. much.